Welcome to Kaseya Center for game four of the 2023 NBA Finals. NBA Straya. That's right, it is NBA Straya. And the Denver Nuggets are one win away from the NBA title. Oh, geez, there you go. The Nugs get through game four today. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a very good website. You can find that at codebet.com.au. Uh, I'm also, what, on Fox Sports Lab NBA or in the paper every single day, all the way around this wide brown land of ours. Uh, either way, I'm here in a nice and toasty, warm Larry Armour Studios following Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The footy's actually just come on. That'll be interesting. Uh, repping Australia a bit, but let's talk Finals today. That'll basically be it because, I don't know, there was a trade. <laughs> that's kind of all that's going on. Anyway, we'll break it all down with That's Not A Knife. Old Mate, No Mate, Spot of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball. We've got some yeah, nazi unpopular opinion of the day. And our back take house where we're serving up a flame-grilled take. I'll have an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And uh, we'll finish off, I think, with a uh, pick and preview for Game 5, which is until Tuesday. So we might have a bit of a preview show possibly popping up on Monday. But it is a public holiday, so maybe blow it out your ass. Just saying. <laughs> Considering I'm going to work on Monday anyway, maybe I'll just fucking chill and just put all the preview gear here. Sound good? Good. Right, all right, let's get into it. Episode 948 of NBA Australia. Jeez, not bad, Jim. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. You better watch out for the uh, porn star attacking for Zion. Jeez. They, uh, in a surprise twist. I feel like if you're banging one porn star, it's not just going to be one, right? <laughs> you know, you don't just limit yourself to one. You're like, well, this is pretty good. I mean, this is their job. Maybe, just maybe I'll just keep it to one. <laughs> <laughs> there is more and more coming out about Zion, and he's rooting, and you're like, all right, fair play to you. Doesn't seem like he's got the smartest uh, approach to all this as well, though, does he, to Zion? Trying to keep it all a secret, trying to, like, maybe move them to New Orleans. Don't move the porn star to New Orleans. Like, isn't this like a Jalen Rose, uh, I don't know, fucking TED Talk? <laughs> With the, the man with the world's sharpest fucking hairline. What you gotta do is not move the porn star to your hometown. Because your baby mama might find out. Find out. Just saying. All right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia uh, with the daily. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking from the world's giant amount of experience of uh, dating porn stars, but I feel like there's a pretty solid sort of basis for the way that you would approach those things, right? Uh, don't have more than one, and don't think it's not going to bite you in the ass. Anyway, let's get into the daily whip around. Not a giant amount of news outside of, there was kind of a weird trade today with the Nugs out there winning finals games, but also trading with OKC, uh, where the Nugs get the first rounder from OKC in the 2024 draft, and the 37th pick in this year's draft, and a 2024 second rounder for a protected 2029 first, a.k.a. OKC just going, fuck, we've got a lot of picks. We can't literally, like, roster all these dudes. Shit. What are we going to do? And very clearly they're like, well, let's uh, kick that can down the road. And just in case Denver suck in 2029 or just aren't very good, which, I mean, it's in six years. Who knows what will happen? Not a bad idea. Right. Otherwise, um, my favourite thing that popped off about the Zion Williamson root and porn stars vibe is that uh, his PR people very clearly got in, kicked it into gear today and went, they are Zion to uh, move the focus away from, I don't know, all the fucking you'd be doing. Uh, (laughs) He's partnered 
with Jefferson Parish to help with their summer bridge program, donating $250,000 to the school system to help with uniform costs for kids who have, who have to attend new schools because of consolidations and stuff like that. As I aren't, we still know that you're rooting porn stars. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, but, yeah, we're all pretty bang on about that. Anyway, um, Grant Williams went under a bit of a hand surgery. You go, oh, well, that's why he shot so badly. Nah, it was his other hand. It's just like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Chris Middleton had surgery on his knee, though, which is like maybe a little bit more of a smoking gun of like, ah, oh, maybe that's why he wasn't that good this year. Checks out. And there you go. So otherwise, uh, there's sort of like a lot of other news sort of basically kind of the James Harden stuff. Like he's sort of sitting there going, fuck it, I might just go back to Houston because it's easy. And uh, everybody out there is going, yeah, well, we're not going to pay him. So pretty weird. And otherwise, it's kind of like Dame pretty keen to sort of stick around in Portland. Maybe we'll see what happens. I think that's the dumbest of their outcomes for Portland. I'd love to know what PDX Pete and the other Portland fans out there think, but I don't really uh, like that. Otherwise, let's get into it. A game for finals. Game rep, 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 that's right, the game rep from today. Oh boy, this was fun. Until it wasn't, really, the championship quarter, the third quarter for the Nugs, really sort of saw them stick the boot in just enough. And as Duncan Robinson was threatening time and time again in that fourth quarter, because apparently he's just a fucking killer in the fourth quarter, away they went. But really, the story for me for this was that the Nugs hit some threes. Jeez, Jim, it seems simple sometimes. It does, doesn't it? 14 to 28 from downtown helps, especially when the other team goes 8 of 25. You know, the other team that basically wins games when they smash a million threes and doesn't win the rest of the time. Sometimes basketball is easy when you look at it like that. And that's where we're at. But this was a chaos, awesome game. Uh, Very much, very much enjoying uh, the way that this sort of game was unfolding, right? So you have a pretty gross start, really, for both teams. And then Miami, what, kicked in a couple of threes towards the end of the first quarter and... I think it was Lowry and Butler, basically had them up 21-20 after that first quarter, but it was an arm wrestle. And, like, Denver were getting some pretty good looks missing, but Miami were the same vibe. And then finally they hit a couple of those late, and off they go. They get that one-point lead going to the second quarter. Uh, Vincent, though, couldn't get a bucket to drop. KCP had one that rattled in and out. And you're looking at this going, look, this game is trying its absolute hardest to just, like, bust wide open but we're not letting it. <laughs> it was pretty horrible. Lowry has the first bucket, torching Christian Brown again. And the Miami D was up and about very early in the second quarter, getting rebounds, crushing it. And then you sort of saw uh, a lot of what they tried for the rest of this game, right? A lot of half-court pressure as the ball handler sort of just, you know, just got it over the line. And it sort of seems like that's there. Like, well, if we hurry up the Joker and get him at the end of the shot clock a lot more than we have been doing, Maybe he'll make worse decisions, and he kind of did. Like, there were times where you're like, oh, this isn't great, and Joker only had another four assists today, which is uh, not great, especially you're sitting there like me going, oh, he should have a lot. It would also be handy if somebody hit a fucking shot off one of his passes, I'm just saying. But either way, second quarter. The one thing that you should have been worried about at that point, I think, for, uh, for the Miami Heat was that Aaron Air Gordon was like, Guess what? I'm a fucking dead-eye three-point shooter now. Bang! Hits like back-to-back threes. Uh, they basically dare him to hit the threes. And you're like, well, if, if, if we're going to get beaten by Aaron Gordon threes, then so be it. Well, guess what? So be it. <laughs> so it was. Uh, but the Nugs sort of got up five from that point on after a Bruce Brown drive. And that was kind of like essentially what became the recipe for the rest of the game. Because... I think it was tied 30-30, and uh, the Nugs sort of got up five just basically straight after that, right? There was a uh, moment. I think Gordon hit that second three, and Brown had the drive, and then Miami came flying back uh, with Duncan Robinson. Jimmy Neutron, if he had an office job, 
and <clears throat> Butler having another two that's tied up. And then it was n- like the Heat never actually got in front again. So Denver maintained that lead the entire time despite like a couple of really flat periods. And like, you know, one of my favorite things is to talk about how oh, Denver don't really have these flat moments. Well, their offense usually, it still works. They do have moments where they just don't hit some shots. And there was that point, I think, uh, essentially, they just didn't score at the start of the second half. And you're like, well, this is probably, I don't know, not great. Uh, they were 55, it was like 55-51 going into the half. And you're like, all right, cool, shit. I think Denver had like one point and then just sort of didn't score for a bit more. Then they were fine, then they were fine, then they were fine, and then they went flat again. They just sort of missed a couple of shots. Kevin Love started hitting everything, and away you went. But I really liked the way that Denver settled in that second second quarter because I, bam, went bam, and that got them to that 55-51 spot with 30 seconds left. Bam had 12 at that point and was just crushing it. It was a dumb foul by Michael Porter Jr. at the end of the second quarter, but Jimmy Butler misses both free throws. So they keep that four-point lead which felt pretty crucial because both teams would have felt pretty good about where they were at that point. Like Miami were like, wow, we're within spinning distance. Denver like, well, we're up and we're not playing great. But they had had hit some shots. You had Joker hitting threes, which is really what sort of kept that Denver offense afloat. And then in the third quarter, Denver sort of just kicked it open a little bit, right? Like they got up 10. And you're like, ooh, hang on a second, after Jam Jamal Murray. Like, they just were moving the ball really, really nicely. There was that awesome pass by Gordon to Murray for the layup. That got them up 10, 65-55. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. was, like, going at the very start of that quarter two. And you're like, here we go. This is the Denver we know. And then Kevin Love hits a three out of the timeout. Then he hits another three. And you're like, here we go, Denver. Bang, right back in it. And Joker goes, man, it's very cute. Pretty cute, uh, but now I just hit three and uh, fuck you. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So they sort of snuck back within six. And then at times they were kind of like, ah, oh, we're back, getting close, getting close, getting close. And they just never sort of got within that one bucket sort of moment until the, end, the start of the fourth quarter. Like Vincent couldn't hit a three at all. And he and Struis, I think at one point in that third quarter, were 0 of 7 combined. But then... Towards the end of that third, you had, like, the Denver sort of just, you know, stopped scoring. They got to 74, and then it just, my notes would literally go, ah, gross, arm wrestle. (laughs) And that was after, oh, this was just before, sorry, uh, Bam broke the rim. (laughs) So, what was it, 76, 68, uh, Bam goes back the other way and uh, breaks the rim. Basically, and you're like, oh, well, seven minutes later, Brown hits a three, and you're like, and off we go. And that was basically what happened, right? So Bruce Brown hits that three, uh, and they sort of just start flying from there because it's now 79-68. Gordon makes a bucket behind his head after a Caleb Martin three, and then Gordon hits another three right at the end of that third quarter to just go, aha, fuck you, Miami, and you're like, oh, yeah. This is going to be hard for Miami from here. And it really was because, I mean, after Miami hit that three, it was back down to eight, I think, um, just in the end of the third. And then, bang, you sort of just get five points dropped on your head out of nowhere and you're down 13 going into the fourth quarter. And it did feel like Miami sort of lucked into something there as well at the start of the fourth where Miami just, uh, Denver just didn't score. It was like, what was it, 86-73 going into the fourth. And then Miami got it all the way back to six. It was 86 80 and you're like, oh, hang on. Here we go. What have they done? Oh, they've just ripped off like a pretty half-decent run here to get right back in it. Like, what was it? I think it was 81 after, uh, yeah, it was 81-86 after Butler had that and one, right? So they're up five. And that's as close as to get for the rest of the game, basically, um, until they had that moment, I think. What was it, like 87-94, but still. Um, it was like 91-85, yeah. But... The thing that happened was Jam Jamal Murray. So Joker gets a couple of horrible fouls. And the Nuggets score three total points in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. Bam! Blocked by James by uh, Mike Breen. But he gets the block by Adebayo on Jam Jamal Murray. 
Duncan Robinson hits a, hits a three as well after a Joker air ball. And suddenly Miami back in this, and it's like, oh, shit, here we go. And as I said, right, like the 8-0 run by Miami, five-point Nuggets lead. Nuggets literally hadn't scored, and then Murray just hits a beautiful three off an Aaron Gordon sort of back screen handback. Bang, off it goes. 89-83, Bear misses a floater for a little bit later. Uh, Gordon gets a nice mo- another bucket in the paint, and that sort of turned into the key aspect. The Nuggets went... Oh, right. Yeah, we are bigger than them. If we just keep driving at them, no one's going to stop us. They stopped doubling Bam and Jimmy as well on the defensive end. It kept their shooters sort of under wraps. And then it became the Bruce Brown game. The Bruce Brown takeover. Absolutely incredible gear by Bruce Brown. In a spoiler alert, he's going to pop up again later. But wow, was he good. Like, he had 11 points in the fourth quarter. Played basically the best game of his career. Absolutely smasherated it. And the Heat never got another look in. Like, it was crazy. It was like 97-87. You felt like Miami, if they could get a couple more buckets there, they got it back down to eight with just under three minutes to go uh, from another Duncan Robinson drive. And you're like, how does Jimmy Neutron with a fucking office job keep getting drives to the bucket? But Brown... Responds again, gets an and one. It's 191. Then he hits another shot, and KCP with the absolute dagger goes bang with the 105, 91. Happy days, and off they went, right? So they get the win. KCP just with the, what, 102, 91. Two minutes to go. You're like, well, might even still got a shot. Oh, no. KCP with the three. Off they went. It was a beautiful shot by KCP, and then after that, it's just kind of like they just didn't have quite... The horses. This is it. Like, Jimmy went missing in that sort of second half, and you're like, I don't know what is happening here, but Jimmy Butler, there was like a couple of moments in the fourth quarter where he hit a, like a nice little jumper to get them back down six uh, with like eight minutes to go, and you had like another one where he has the and ones, and you're just like, oh, Jimmy's threatening, but they just did such a good job defensively on him. He could never get over the hump. And now, your Denver Nuggets after winning game four, 108-95, winning both in Miami. Are up 3-1 and one win away in their first ever NBA title. Not bad. So they got to win one game out of three, two of which are at home, where they are 43-8 and eight for the season. So I'm just saying, not bad, bro. Not bad if you're a Nuggets fan. All right, let's get into an NBA Australia Pro Performance of the Night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, how do you want to split it? Do you want to go Aaron Gordon or Bruce Brown? Because those are your options to break down the box scores, uh, which we sort of always do with the games in the finals. Awesome games, like from uh, those two guys on the Nugs. And you had 23 for Joker, 23, 12, and 4, 15, 3, and 12 from Jam Jamal Murray, but came on 5 of 17 shooting. Gordon was incredible. Bruce Brown was incredible. Absolutely love him. Whereas the Heat. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 8 turnovers for Bam at a bio. More like, Bam, I just gave you the ball. He shot 8 of 18, though, for those 20 points. And Jimmy Butler, the 25, 7, and 7, but shot 9 of 17 to get there. 6 of 9, nice, at the free throw line. It was sort of not quite enough elsewhere. Like, Kevin Love chucked in three threes. He had 12 points. Kyle Lowry was really good, 13-3-7 with only two turnovers. He sort of stepped up, but he did go one of four from downtown. There was like one other three. The one that he made was like a just sort of a prayer, and you feel like he hits one more, off they go. Caleb Martin shot five of 12, sort of got himself into a couple of problems here and there. He had 11 points, five rebounds, one or two from three. And Duncan Robinson, two threes, he had 12 points. But the big problem for the Heat was that they just couldn't play the mosquito fleet. Like Vincent, Struis, three fouls each, two points combined. So six fouls between the two of them, a total of two points. In a spoiler alert, guess what? They're going to pop up in Spud of the Night. Not quite the Splash Brothers. Again, they're challenging the real Spud Brothers who actually did show up tonight. But Gabe Vincent, one of six, Struis, 0 of four, and they go a combined 0 of seven from downtown. That's where the Heat got sank because they go 8 of 25 from downtown. 8 of 25. I'm no math magician. But if you're going to go 8 of 25 while the other team goes 14 of 28, you're probably going to lose that game. That's exactly what happened. They out-rebounded the Nugs, 37-33, but they had 15 turnovers. That was the story for me. 
just a couple of weird wobbly, just, ah, oh, I didn't see where you were going and I threw it out of bounds sort of moments. And in between Joker sort of fucking playing like Messi soccer, like considering the Messi's are heading to uh, Miami, it's kind of apt. Joker's out there just kicking the ball around, deflecting everything that's sort of coming his way. 23-12-4 for him. Only three turnovers for the Joker. Those weird bullshit fouls that he got picked with, which is kind of shit. But look, the Nugs can get away with the 23 on 8 of 19 for ben, uh, for Joker because he went 3-7 from 3. Had three steals, two blocks, and played his ass off. 15 points, 12 assists for Jam Jamal Murray, even if it was on 5 of 17 shooting. Because Bruce Brown and Aaron Air fucking Gordon, the NBA Australia Pro Performers of the Night, shot a combined 19 of 26. 19 of 26 and 6 of 9. Nice. From 3. That is unbelievable. They had 48 between them. They are incredible today. This is why role players showing up on the road is just like the biggest thing in the world sometimes because... Game three, you have massive 30-point triple-doubles for the Joker and for Murray. And then in game four, you turn around, you've got Gordon and Brown playing the absolute games of their fucking lives. And that's why the NBA, they become the NBA Australia Pro Performers of the Night. 21-4-2 with a steal and a block for Bruce Brown. 8 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, which is massive. But then Gordon... I jumped on the live stream at uh, halftime, and he had 16 points. Like, well, he's not going to do that in the second half. To my credit, he didn't, but he also was really fucking good still. <laughs> he had another 11 points in the second half. And also, I mentioned that bucket sort of in the fourth quarter where it's like, ah, oh, it's threatening, it's threatening. He's like, I'm just in the paint. I'm going to hit a really hard shot. Fuck you, Miami. It was so good. 27-6-6 for Aaron. Air Gordon, 11-15 of from the floor, 3-4 of from downtown. None of those corner threes like ever fucking look like missing either. Two steals, only two turnovers, a plus 29 for Aaron Air Gordon. That is remarkable. So he and Bruce Brown are your NBA Australia approved performers of the night. Who was Spud of the night though, Jim? Spud, 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 now, I've mentioned the Spud Brothers, a.k.a. KCP and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, way better today. KCP goes 2 of 5, all of which were from downtown. He has 7 points. He's a plus 16. But crucially, was really good defensively, KCP. And the notorious KCP also had 3 steals, 2 blocks. was just a pain in the ass. And there were just like some moments where you're like, oh, man, Jimmy Butler just can't shake this motherfucker, right? Like, it was brutal. And Michael Porter Jr., 11 points, 3 rebounds. He shot 4 of 10 and 0 of 3 from downtown. Not ideal, but the fact that they at least sort of got themselves, the two of them, to 18 points between them. Uh, shot 6 of 15, again, not great, and only 2 of 8 from downtown, but that way outstripped the Spud Brothers of Miami Heat. 19 minutes eight for Vince, each for Vincent and Struess because the Heat went, right, fuck it, we're going Duncan Robinson and uh, big boot of Carl Lowry down the stretch. We'll throw in Caleb Martin. We'll go from there. But 19 minutes for Vincent, 1 of 6, 0 of 4 from 3. Block! But the problem was like the rest of the stuff, right? 2 points, 1 assist, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 3 fouls. 2 turnovers as well for Vincent, not great. And Struess, more like Struth, that was a bad game. 0 of 4 from the floor. 0 of 3 from 3, 5 rebounds, 0 assists, 3 fouls, a minus 7. Brutal gear from Vincent and Struess. And there you go. The Spud Brothers just stepped up, went, oh, man, we're going to be better than the Denver Spud Brothers, bro. One of ten combined, oh of seven from three for Vincent and Struis. Miami, you can't win games if your Mosquito Fleet are going to just completely shit the bed. And there is your Spud of the night. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Oh, jeez. The extender. That's right. It was pretty crazy to uh, come out and sort of see uh, Scott Foster go, I don't care what you motherfuckers think. I'm going to extend this series. Check this out. Tagging Joker with like... I mean, the offensive foul beforehand, uh, no, the defensive foul where he sort of just nudged, I think it was Martin. 
Yeah, that was called for. And then, like, Bam sort of, like, grappling with him and then falling over his leg. You're like, come the fuck on, Scott Foster. Like, this is it. Oh, he's an experienced ref. Then how are you not experienced enough to know in the fourth quarter of an NBA Finals game, the Miami Heat might engage in some flopping tactics. I'm just saying it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, so old mate, no mate, Scott Foster just copying it from all fucking angles. The extend up, and you'll love to see that. Uh, pantsing of the night. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Oh, blocked by Adam Bio. Uh, Jam Jamal got got. It was like you could. It was like watching a car crash because you're seeing Bam track him up the floor, going. As soon as he goes up for this layup, I'm going to time and jump, and I'm going to fucking obliterate that layup. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. It was uh, pretty brutal. It was a pretty good one too. And he also had another BAM slam, which was very sick. Uh, but really, Miami getting pants by Bruce Brown to the tune of 21 points. Like This is the craziest part. Like The fact that these NBA finals and a lot of these playoffs have sort of hinged on like the performance of, performances of dudes like Caleb Martin, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. Brown, Braun, don't matter. Nugs in five. Um it's pretty crazy. Like you can have like the incredible superstar games in game three, like we saw, but like the game four comes down to like Bruce Brown having an out of body experience in the fourth quarter and sticking the boot in the Miami heat. Like that swings a fucking final series. Like just saying, these are the dudes you sort of need on your team, right? Like all the time. So great job by uh, Bruce. And that's a bit of a pantsin. Who was better than Lonzo ball though? <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I mean, Aaron Air Gordon, right there, lower-ranked uh, draft pick than Lonzo Ball, uh, 27-6-6. Six I mean, I feel like we could yell about this, and he and Bruce Brown as well. Like, the fact that the Nets let Bruce Brown go, they're like, oh, nah, it'll be fine. It's all good. We'll be good. It's like, dude, look around at your Nets team and think about, does anybody do the shit that Bruce Brown does? It's like, oh, nah, man, doesn't really, eh? And you're like, yeah. Oh, we've got Royce O'Neal from Utah. It's like, at what point have you ever gone, well, Royce O'Neal is uh, the level of Bruce Brown. It's like, nah, give me the sixth man of the year for Bruce Brown right there. He was awesome. Love that. Um, and so what? What was he, the 42nd pick? For Detroit, he and KCP, actually, Detroit draft picks. I love that. Uh, the 42nd pick back in 2018. Bruce Brown, today, better than Lonzo Ball. Don't want to stick the boot into Lonzo too much because it just feels sad. All right, let's do some yeah-nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some yeah nahs brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. People. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. NBAstraight.com slash shop or just click through the socials. There's some nice pretty pictures there. Get a t-shirt, get a hoodie. Help your mate Jim out a bit, and uh, that'd be good. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> right. Let's get into it. Uh some yeah nahs. Dan Drosher, yeah, nah, can we put Gordon ahead of MPJ as the third best slash most important Nugget player? Yeah, nah, yeah. Like, in terms of big three, MPJ has just gone completely off a fucking cliff. And uh, Gordon, the flip side, has been absolutely fucking unreal in this series. Like, seriously, he's been so fucking good. Michael Porter, it's like they freaky Friday'd each other. But even the three-point shooting for Gordon's been unreal. He's missed two all series. He's hit, what, five of... No, that's not right. Yes. Yeah, fuck yeah. He's hit five of seven. Jeez. And the thing is, like, he was really good, obviously, in that Lakers series too, uh, when they're like, oh, well, shit, how do we cover LeBron? He's like, all oh, right, I'll just 22, 6, and 5 in the closeout game. Uh, but he's had, what, 16 and 6 in game one, 12, 7 and 2 in game two. 
11, 10, and 5 in Game 3, and then painted his masterpiece with the 27, 7, and 6. He's shooting 66% from the floor, let alone 5 or 7 from 3. Like, that is just fucking absurd. He's crushing it, is our man's Aaron Air Gordon. And I'm loving it because I think this is the exact sort of player you need him to be. Like, I don't know if you... what's He's in fucking Uncle Drew, isn't he? It's like, oh, wow, look how athletic Aaron Gordon is. I mean, he's a weird-looking dude in that movie. He looks much better now, does Aaron Air Gordon. But, like, you see those skills, you see that athleticism. We all know him from the dunk comps. And this is exactly the role that he was sort of built for, right? Just sort of do everything, score in the paint, hit down some, hit some threes when you need to, and away you go. And he's been fucking incredible on defense. Like, his positioning, like the just watch Aaron Air Gordon play defense for like a couple of minutes. Watch how his hips move, how his feet move. It is fucking beautiful. I love it. And easily, yeah, Dan Drosher, he's easily the third best this series. And uh, we can probably just put him ahead of that going forward, right? Because... The Nuggets don't get where they are without having like a little bit of defensive nous, and as they've realized throughout this series, right? If we play Bruce Brown and we play Aaron Air Gordon, we play KCP or Christian Brown, whatever, like that just gives us enough defense that we can beat anybody. That's exactly what's happened. Uh, Dan Josh had another one, and Adam the Brain Silver was definitely behind some of those Jokic fouls, trying to wring some more money with a game six. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. As I tweeted out, right? Like there was a Jam and Jamal Murray call where Jimmy Butler just went straight through Jam and Jamal Murray. And uh, you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, seriously, we're really going to do this? It's like Sacramento versus the Lakers back in 02, that sort of vibe. And I think I tweeted out, yeah, if that's a foul on Murray, then you can pull my other one because it plays Alex Lloyd's seminal hit amazing. It was absolutely egregious how bad those refs sort of got for a second. And then they went, oh, God, it doesn't want to look like we're actually throwing the game um, so let's uh, even it up, and the Nuggets got a couple of good calls, especially Brown. But that was kind of the way that that game turned, right? In the fourth quarter, they just kept attacking the paint. Uh, they just kept driving. Brown, Gordon, and they didn't turn it over like Miami were. So pretty crazy, pretty good. But, yeah, it was definitely Adam Silver jumping on the old Doug and going, Scott Foster, I need you to call some fouls on the Joker. Look at him. He's going to make this go in five. I can't have that. I just bought a fucking Rolex. And so on and so forth. Um, so not great. Not great. Uh, some other yeah, nahs. Last one. That's it, right? Yeah, nah. Yeah. I mean, I called Nugs in five. I don't know why you're all surprised. <laughs> really? You're surprised? This is what I said would happen. So... For me, like the Nugs in five, uh, the trip up was very clearly them losing one at home, which is where that sort of like slight hesitancy of like, uh, look, Miami can sort of like extend this series pretty easily. We've literally seen them do it already. But like 43 and eight at home is pretty fucking impressive. 24, 29 away are the heaters. Uh, and this is what I sort of lent on the other day, right? You can talk about regular season records and all that sort of shit until the cows come home. But the Nuggets had won their last three road games straight going into these two in Miami. And guess what? They won the next two in Miami. It was fine. The Nuggets took care of the Lakers in LA. But they also took care of the Lakers at home. So I feel like we're going to see them uh, win pretty handily in game five. Uh, It just does feel like without... This is the moment I feel like is this where the Nuggets really miss Tyler Hero? Yeah, nah, yeah. Like that extra one dude, that one Polish scorer, where you have those moments where you're like, ah, oh, cool. Now we're leaving it up to Kyle Lowry. <laughs> like in 2023, that doesn't feel like a great answer to a question you might be posing. So it does sort of feel like this would be a very different series if Hero was out there. But at the same time, his defensive deficiencies, whereas, you know, if you're playing Larry, at least he knows where to go. Uh, you're playing more Martin. Defensively, he's been all right. But the real thing is, like, Hero, when Vincent and Struess don't have it, you just go, well, Hero's a fucking 20-point-a-game scorer. He can bang in threes. Yeah, he's also a bit streaky, but there's, like, a level of class consistency to him that Vincent and Struess don't quite have, right? So 
I think this would be a bit of a different series. I think Denver would win it no problem, but it would definitely change the sort of outlook, especially going into game five in Denver. You would 100% give uh, Miami way more of a chance if Hero is healthy. But the fact that he hasn't now played for two fucking months, yeah, cooked, mate, cooked. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. I love it. Nugs in five. I absolutely love this. As I said, Miami, the hype was just nuts. They had one amazing fourth quarter and everyone's just bending over to like tickle their nuts and go, oh, well, they're an amazing fourth quarter team. It's like, well, how about they actually show up for the rest of the fucking quarters and then they might win more games. Just saying. (laughs) They scored 22 points in both the third and fourth quarters today. I feel like Tyler Hero would help that out a little bit. But at the same time, you saw the same thing fucking happen in game three, right? Just down the stretch, not able to score too much. They had, what was it, 20 points in game three's third quarter? And they had 22 today. And that has literally just proven to be the premiership quarter as it is in AFL, right? The third quarter. If you can put the boot in there and kick away, or in this case, shoot away, then you're on a pretty good slope to actually win the fucking game. So, yeah. Nugs, love it. The Miami train has been awesome, kind of fun, but without Hero, they just don't have that top-level offense to put one on Denver, and it's a bit hard. What about Outback Takeouts, though? Because it's a Saturday. This is going to be weird. It's Saturday at Outback. You know what that means? Fucking nothing. That's right. You're all paying full price, you dickheads. Sucked in. No fucking specials. This is the day we make our money. Only. At Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is Adam Silver is going to about face this fucking series super fucking quick. Either he's going to make this go seven or this is going to be a blowout in game five because all he wants now is to go and punish Jar. I don't know if you saw him on the Dan Patrick show, but it was fucking weird. He's making jokes about him going, ha ha, yeah, shooters, huh? Jeez, that's fucking weird. Look at Jar. Jeez, I'm going to fucking punish that little prick, says Adam. I'm going to punish you really nicely, Jar. Tell me what, well, tell you what, the only way Adam Silver can get off now is punishing folks. Blood sacrifice, it's all the way he rolls. Denver might be the next blood sacrifice. Can we see Tim Donahue? Donaghy, there you go. Ref game five, probably. Can Scott Foster back up game four? Adam Silver's got him on a plane right fucking now. Simple as that. Adam Silver's going to try his absolute fucking hardest to make this go seven. You can bloody well believe that. Only at our back. Flip side, uh, Silver might be just wanting to get this over so he can jump on the Wemby hype train more than anything, but also stand there uh, jacking off while he's uh, punishing Jarmoran. You have been suspended for half a season. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, what about Andrew Gay's great mother award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence? Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Clap it up. Hey, there you go. Good clapping. Um, that's what I say to the baby squid. Oh, good clapping because he's sitting there going, fucking yes. Just claps like an absolute mad dog. Hashtag M- uh, dad strayer. He absolutely loves a good clap. He's like, he's the... F- Fucking laughingest little bloke you ever saw and loves a good clap. But either way, uh, good clapping. Uh, Jam Jamal Murray. First player with 10-plus assists in his first career finals games. Four of them. Four straight. He's the first player to ever do that with 10-plus in four in his first four finals games. That is sick. No one else had gone three straight. The craziest part was as well, today, and I sort of didn't bang on this enough, uh... He had 12 assists. You might remember I said that. 15 points, 3 rebounds, 12 assists. He had zero turnovers. Zero. That's the third most assist in a finals game without a turnover since. Anyone tracked them back until, like, 78. Which, again, I love that stats didn't get, like, steals and blocks and shit. Which, like, oh, no, we won't count that. It's like, but you, they took the ball. They stopped the... What are you doing? Anyway. People in the olden days were idiots. Uh, 1986, Robert Reed. 1987, Magic Johnson. So Robert Reed had 17. Magic had 13. And today, Jam and Jamal Murray with the third most assist in a finals game without a turnover. That's uh, pretty excellent. He also 
when he was passing those uh, passing that ball today, the Nugs went twelve of nineteen, including seven eleven on threes. That's uh, pretty good. He's the fourth player of the last twenty five years to go for seven plus three pointers in a finals game. The other ones were actually Butler, LeBron James, and Jason Tatum. Not bad for a nineteen year old. All right. Shall we do a game day ball, a game day Twitter check-in? Because I'll tell you what, Patty Mills is firing up, and I am fucking loving it because he is just out there going, uh, all right, boys, guess what? Time for FIBA Patty, Patty Mills shot tutorial. FIBA balls activated. So he's actually already out there practicing with the FIBA balls. He's looking at the backspin. He's looking at his form. It is absolutely beautiful. It goes in slow-mo. Bang. Nails the three. Go check it out on IG right now. Patty Mills. I will run through a fucking brick wall for that, man. I will dare that much. All right. You ready for a game five of the NBA Finals preview? Because I know I am. Let's bloody well do it. Game five of the NBA Finals. 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 The Heat go back to Denver. They're nine and a half point underdogs. Ah, jeez. By the same token, the games that the Nuggets have won in this NBA Finals series have not been close. 11-point winners in Game 1, 15-point winners in Game 3, and 13-point winners in Game 4. They lost by 3. So this is why I'm so, like, antsy about, oh, Miami, man, Miami. It's like, yeah, they're not as good as Denver. I've been yelling at you for weeks at this point. Uh, but my pick is going to be Denver minus nine and a half. It's just, it feels very much like a coronation game where we literally saw the last two games play out pretty similar where their defense sort of just kicked into gear enough in the second half and they did enough on offense to really just sort of stick the boot in, right? 31 to 22 in the third quarter today. Play him to a draw in the fourth quarter. Same thing happened basically in game three, 29 to 20 in the third. Play him to a draw in the fourth quarter, 108 95. Today, 109 94, the game prior. Simple as that. Um, the one d- big difference in this entire series is the simple fact that Miami went fucking ham in game two's fourth quarter and had 36 to 25. Otherwise, Denver uh, beat them by what, 25 21, but they had the massive second quarter in game one. And otherwise, yeah, Denver are a much better team. It's simple as that. So I'm taking Denver minus nine and a half. And I think uh, the over probably hits in this one too. 207.5. They keep dropping it uh, just because they're like, oh, we've got to goose these unders. I thought the over would hit today. It did not. 108.95. That is uh, not 211 combined points. But this is the problem. Miami's offense just sort of... uh, in three of their games already, right, they've gone 93, 94, and 95 points. It's just not enough in 2023. And this is where you miss Hero. So I think in this one, I think Denver minus 9.5. I'd still go the over just because I feel like they could really put the hurt on. This goes like 115, 100 sort of vibe. Um, but I think at home we get a big Michael Porter Jr. No. Can we possibly get a Michael Porter Jr. game in this series? I think he'll have pretty much a similar game as he did today, right? Like a couple of scrappy twos. Maybe hits one of these threes and away he goes. But I think we get the massive Joker fuck you statement game of like, hey, I'm about to win the NBA championship. Uh, his 40-point triple-double in the finals game. And uh, I win finals MVP, yes. Yeah, he does. Speaking of which, yeah, nah. Is Joker going to win finals MVP? Yeah, nah, yeah. The 30-20-10 uh, game was the sort of clincher on that, right? To be the first bloke ever to do that. Like, unless Jam Jamal Murray has 50 in Game 5, which he could very easily do. We've seen him do it before in the bubble. Uh, but this is Jokers to lose, so I think he'll be right. And I think Denver run away with this one. I just don't think Miami have enough in the bag. Like, if their Mosquito fleet just can't hit shots, Denver's, like, adjustments on defense to make sure they stick with Struess, to stick with Vincent, to not give them anywhere near as many open looks has been just crazily effective, and I think that'll continue in Game 5. Because um, the way that Miami won Game 2 in Denver was very clearly like, we'll just stick with them, we'll stick with them, we'll stick with them. Oh, God, we're down, we're down. Ah, let's hit everything. It's really hard to replicate that. 
<laughs> what were they, like 9 or 10 to start that fourth quarter in game two? It's really hard to do that again. So, yeah. I think we might have to pour one out for the Miami Heat. But, of course, look, when we've done that before, they've always bounced back. They have the zombie heat. But I think Denver will win game five. In Denver, pretty handily. My prediction, as mentioned, 115-100. So give me the Nugs, minus nine and a half. Oh, and that actually reminds me, we had the other... So the pick that we had for today was Denver minus three and a half. So what's our record? That's now 40 of 77. Smashing it. I told you we'd get back over 500. and We're absolutely cruising now. Uh, right. Easy gear. That's it, I think. Saturday show done. Got to go do a bit of work, finish up the day, and uh, hang out. So in the meantime, if you're into AFL, uh, we are doing a CodeBet live stream on Monday for the King's Birthday Clash. You can watch us live. That'll be fun as shit. A couple of tins under the belt. Cruising, hanging out. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I don't think we'll do a Monday show uh, because of the day off. And then we'll just go straight into Tuesday for Game 5. So you've got my prediction, Denver minus 9.5 and, and the over, 207.5. Uh, so we will have a live stream for CodeBet on Monday. Uh, no NBA Australia tomorrow or Monday. I'll take my actual, you know, considering it's a public holiday and I'm still fucking working, I'm uh, just not going to do an NBA Australia that day. I just won't have time. Uh, but in the meantime, you can also obviously follow NBA Australia on Twitter, face IG. All over the socials, we'll do another live stream for NBA Australia as well before Game 5 on Tuesday morning. So keep an eye out for that on Facey, Twitter, and YouTube, I believe. So yeah, we'll be live for CodeBet on Monday, live for NBA Australia on Tuesday morning before Game 5. I'll be everywhere. This big old beard of mine just in your face. So keep the track of all that on the socials. Right, uh, NFL Australia, myself and Gaz, go subscribe to that as well. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. As I said, you can click through on the socials there as well too. Good times. Get a t-shirt, get a hoodie. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt today. I was wearing it in the live stream earlier. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on. It really does help. Take a second to give us a couple of stars, preferably five. I don't have to fight you, but I will. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I'm too nice and cuddly for that. Also, way too fat to fight anybody at the moment. I'll tell you that much. Uh, big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. They rule. And so do Joshua Dillamaritas, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Shadow, Green Green Green, and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that's it. We'll close out with the cooking with Bainsey, and we will catch you Tuesday morning before Game 5 for a live stream, and then with another show directly after. Should be good. Can't wait. Nuggets in five. Nuggets in five. All right. We'll catch you on Tuesday, dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And have a great weekend. Later, hosen. Cooking with Bainsy is filmed in front of a live, socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> G'day. Uh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in this studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful, it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Baines, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right, it's one of my all time Aussie favourites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat. Because that's right. It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right, I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Or in this case, about eight hours. 
and it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique. You know what I'm talking about. All right, so let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your butcher, ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him. Just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Now, this is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing of coleslaw, plenty of potatoes to get more whipped than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now, fire up your barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just... Gas, doesn't matter, mate. Just uh, now, mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. Doesn't matter. Just rub it all in nice and even like your massage and my big mate bogey's hammy after a big game. Oh, he gets you to do it and it's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what. But anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it. And away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tens. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your sides. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. Put it all on some nice little plates so it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as rip the brisket out, sit there for an hour, bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this, just, oh, I'm just slicing open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a bangers brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious. And it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. All right, so <laughs> just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have heaps left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough of all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy.